I'm Zach. I'm Roy. And this is a device hut. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Roy. And this is Advice Hot Dog. Roy, I'm sad that you're about to leave San Francisco. I am also. But, but I bet you're you happy know, to see your family. I'm very happy to see my family. I miss them. You know, it's, I'd be happy to see your family, too. They're a cool family. They are a very cool family. They're much cooler than I am. What's your I, advice I for realize that cool family, Roy? Oh, man. Find a cool lady and put a baby in her? <laughs> sure, if you can. I don't know that I have any advice for that because I, I think it happened despite everything that I ever did. Really? You think every decision in your life was directed towards making it so you didn't have a cool family? Not consciously, no. But uh, I am surprised that I ended up with one. You don't feel like you deserve it. You have imposter syndrome. You have imposter dad syndrome. I have imposter everything syndrome. That's a good sign, though. Only successful people have imposter syndrome. Really? Well, yeah, because why would you want to be an imposter at, like, a shitty failure? <laughs> I guess that's true. Do you ever feel that way? Oh, absolutely. Really? Like a shitty failure? Yeah, no, I feel like a you, shitty you failure has secretly been successful in spite of the fact that I'm destined and doomed to be a shitty failure. Hmm. Roy, come on. You know me. What? Remember you all those years like that I... You a really happy, positive person. Eh, you know. I'm just, I'm just lying to myself. Speaking of which, <laughs> Roy, what's today's topic? I thought it was fatherhood. Okay. I learned a lot uh, from overhearing. So I mostly, when we went to this little barbecue thing yesterday, I mostly just sat back quietly and listened, and I learned a lot about how to be a Mexican dad. What barbecue thing? The thing that we went to yesterday. I think I learned a little bit about how to be a Mexican dad and then slightly less about how to be a Peruvian dad, because that was who was in attendance, was two Mexican dads and a Peruvian oh, dad. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all of the all of you guys talking about raising your kids. Sure. While and I sat there with nothing to say. I did make friends with a bird. Sure. He Tito. Was, he was a cool bird. And he was sitting on that, that thing that I called a bridge. Yeah, and I didn't get it because I did not know that puente is the Spanish word for bridge. So it mm -hmm. was a funny joke, but with an audience of one who didn't get it, it fell flat. Not your fault, Roy. Sorry. No, you're not an imposter. You were a guy who made a good joke. It just it just did not reach its target audience. You you usually know uh, words in Spanish if if I do that. Yeah, I just yeah, didn't you, know. You're... I just didn't know the word for bridge. Huh. Well, I mean, I do. figured I would cross the bridge of learning that word when I came to it, mm -hmm. and I did. You sure did. It had never been part of a joke before. I had had no reason to learn it. I'd never made a joke about a bridge before. Um, well, you never met a bird named Tito before. I hadn't. He was a cool bird. He sat on my finger, and then he kind of oh, nuzzled he me. He did? And, yeah, and and, uh, and Jet said, hey, that means he likes you. You can pat him on the back of the head now. Oh, okay. And he made some weird little muttering noises. I don't know if that's the kind of bird that talks, but it's the kind of bird that can mutter. Mm -hmm. A mumbling bird? Did you draw any conclusions from that conversation? About how to be a good Mexican dad? I guess, or dad, not everyone there was Mexican. No, I know, there was one Peruvian guy. Yeah, and one American guy, I assume. Oh, well, later. I feel like you were talking about, uh, you were talking about dad stuff less once those people showed up. Once they showed up, we mostly talked about sleep no more. And I got excited because <laughs> finally somebody was talking about something I knew sure. about. Well, they did ask me how um, it was having a three-year-old. That's because true. they're having a rough time right now, and I'm having an excellent time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Their, their three-year-old seemed really well-behaved. Yeah, but maybe, you know, like, kids are also very different sometimes when they're in a stranger's home. Not stranger's home, but somebody else's home. Mm -hmm. Like, they're on better, better behavior. Does that mean that if you have a shitty kid, you could maybe trick them into being a better kid by only ever being at somebody else's house? Sure. You don't think that would, st you think that would stop working after a while? You have to keep switching it around. I'm, Do you, you I'm think sure. people would get mad at you for constantly being at their houses all the time? Mm, not if it was a schedule. Okay, like if you had a rotation where you were mostly there when they weren't there, or you mm -hmm. were there when right. you know you were also like washing their dishes and stuff. Like they, they would. You'd basically have like a cycle of indentured servitudes. Where you'd take your child to in order so that you could do houses. that, sure. yeah, so that you could do it like sustainably a without, without feeling guilty. You know, mm -hmm. then you wouldn't even have to have your own house. That's true. If you timed it really well, uh, you could find a place to be at every hour of the day. You could stay at one until your kid fell asleep, and then go out to your car where you sleep, mm -hmm. and then wake your like get up and get out of the car and take your kid to another person's house before they wake up. Then your kid will never even know that you live in a car. Mm -hmm. That's true. Although I guess they'll wake up with like a Ford emblem pressed into their cheek <laughs> because you make them sleep on the roof. Yeah. I mean the hood. Huh. I don't know. Did you learn anything about being a Mexican dad yesterday? 
Uh, I learned that trying to teach your child Spanish is going to be a difficult road because most people have given up. Most people have given up before the point where you are now, where you've not yet yeah. given up. Yeah. And are you going to give up? Do you think? I don't want to. Like I, I think it is really important, even though I kind of hate doing it. Have you considered just making it easier on yourself by most of the time just making up the words that you're teaching Cora how to say in Spanish? Oh, maybe. What was that word you made up yesterday? Oh, cucumabura? Cucumabura. Yeah. I was trying. I was asking you how to say cucumber in Spanish, and either you didn't know or you told me and I didn't listen. I told you. Okay. Then it's I, pepino. Oh, pepino, right. Mm-hmm. But cucumabura sounds really great. Mm-hmm. But that sounds like a proper name. It doesn't, it sounds like a place you would visit. Oh, I see. Or like a cuckoo being described with the adjective mabura. Oh, it's a, yeah. A mabura cuckoo. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's the more formal way of saying it. Usted. <laughs> La cuckoo mabura. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what it's like, but, um, we're going to try and get her into a full Spanish immersion school eventually. But there really isn't anything like that until she's five. Oh, like a school that is only, only speaks in Spanish? Spanish? Yeah. Huh. And then just she speaks English at home and Spanish at school? She speaks English everywhere else. Okay. <laughs> you know, like really what uh, keeps it going is if you have friends that speak Spanish. If you don't, then you switch to the language that everyone else is speaking. And if only your father is speaking to you in Sp- Spanish, it's really not enough. You could just always take her to Target, where all of the signs are in both languages. Are they? I've never noticed that. Oh, yeah. That's how I know most of my Spanish nowadays. Like, oh. I know that, say, articulos de mesa. The, okay. Like, well, that right. makes sense. You know, last year they closed down their bridge section. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they ever sold anything? They probably sold, like, a Lego drawbridge or something. Mm-hmm. Mo- mm. Model trains, maybe? Okay, yeah. Maybe a little uh, garden bridge that you uh, put oh, on yeah? your path between paving stones. Okay, yeah. Or so over that... a little fake river. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't understand that landscaping thing that they do in Arizona sometimes where they make a little fake river. The guy that did the, the desert landscaping on Wanted the to office, do that? he would not stop talking about it. Yeah, do like a little fake river over here. Maybe put a bridge over it. Like, you're just creating a problem so that you can create a solution to the problem, uh-huh. landscaper guy. Yeah. And I, charge me an arm and a leg. I don't like what those look like either. And he also meant an arroyo. Arroyo Puente. Mm-hmm. That was Tito's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Arroyo Phoenix. And uh, how do you say Joaquin in Spanish? I I, uh, I think that's how you say it. <laughs> Uh, d- d- so yeah, I guess our topic, our t- 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 topic was fatherhood. Mm-hmm. How Mexican do you feel fatherhood about fatherhood? Oh, I'm, I, I'm excited about it eventually. Okay. What I'm thinking I'm going to do you is I'm going to father. I'm going to raise my kid speaking English and a language that I just make up on the fly. Mm. Well, you do have that book, right? Oh, right. Yeah, I could teach him. I could teach him English. I'm assuming it's a, a boy in this story. It could be a girl. I'm going to teach my child English and the language from uh, the Codex Serafinianus by mm-hmm. Luigi Serafini, uh, that is, I think, not actually translatable into anything. Really? Yeah, I think he, he has, he's on record as saying that it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Although I could teach uh, the child the page numbering system, and then the child would know base 21. So if, uh, if our friend Kevin ever wrote a puzzle that was written in base 21, our child would be able to solve it. That's great. Yeah, because he'll do that. He'll write a puzzle in every base eventually. You think so? Yes. Okay. Has he gotten better at that, just making puzzles? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, everybody gets better at everything they practice, Roy. Hmm. There are certain things I keep practicing, and I don't think I'm any better at them. Like what? Uh, I, you know, I think sex is a really good one. Okay, you don't think that you've just achieved your maximum potential? Nope. Nope. It's got to get better than this. It does. Okay. Um, It actually is getting better. You're right. Okay. Do you want to elaborate or? No, I think that's pretty much it. That's the one example that is important to me. So everything else, I don't know. But then you've just proven my point by saying that you have actually gotten better at it through practice. Do you think you're better at like peeing than you were when you were a kid? I don't think you are. <laughs> you don't think <laughs> No, I've I seen am? you pee and it's still a shit show. Um, also, I think you might need to go to the doctor. Sure. 
let's see. Yeah, in some ways, I guess, maybe. I don't get it everywhere. <laughs> I used to, I guess. Huh. Uh, I also recall some occasions when there is some uh, zipper issues, which okay. were painful. See, I've switched to button flies for that reason. Mm -hmm. Well, really now, reason. you know, I'm coordinated enough that it doesn't matter whether it's a button fly or a zipper fly. I'm actually just in less of a hurry when I'm peeing. So There's that too. And also, you know, zip my dick up once. Shame on zip zipper. Mm -hmm. Zip my dick up twice. Shame on me. Right. Once was enough. That's an area you don't want injuries in. Yes. A lot of, lot of years of evolution programming you to protect that. Yes. And think of it as very important. Mm -hmm. It's your friend. It's your oldest and closest friend. Um, I suppose. It's not your friend. Can you think of an older one? <laughs> oh, your dad's dick is your oldest. Sure. <laughs> hmm. I guess that's one of the first places you visit. Yeah, technically that's true, but it's not all of you. Okay, yeah, I guess it is right. only half of you, and mm -hmm. you kind of don't know what's going on then. Yeah, no one does. Hey, uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, what's the next segment of the show? Old business. Old business. And you said there's some old business. I do have a little bit of old business. A Naked Jew writes, Dear gents, an eight-mile cocktail is like stone soup. Put in whatever you want. It always ends up tasting like mom's spaghetti. Wow. Do you think that you could make a cocktail that was garnished with a meatball speared on a stick of uncooked spaghetti? I mean, you certainly could. Do you yeah, think you I could? Don't. Like, a, what if you made like a hot, a hot Bloody Mary? Yeah. I'm certain. Ooh, that a Bloody Mary Nera. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, n nothing about what you said sounds either gross or impossible. Yep. And that's the that's the chief concern about a cocktail, right? Uh-huh. The, the two things that can ruin a cocktail. <laughs> gross, gross or, or impossible. impossible to make. Yep. <laughs> you got a shot glass filled with uh, liquid gold, molten gold. Mm hmm And then you drop that into... um a tumbler of molten lead, and then you drink that. See, that's impossible to drink. Well, I, I feel like you could start to drink it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking corrected. like uh, you get, you take a pint of beer and drop it into a shot of, a shot of tequila and then drink the whole thing. That's mm. actually impossible. Sure. Uh Okay. Here's another impossible cocktail. You get some tequila that hasn't been manufactured yet and mix it with some lime juice that evaporated a thousand years ago. Hmm. Can't do that. Yeah, that would be impossible also. Now, what about a gross one? I actually think my marinara drink sounds pretty gross. Well, are you saying you put marinara in the Bloody Mary? Vodka and marinara, and you serve it hot, garnished with a meatball, skewered. Yeah, okay. Well, when you put it that way, yeah, that sounds gross. Because you Maybe. don't really want to drink that, right? I mean, I mean guess... it sounds like soup is what it sounds like. Well, sure. I mean, soup is good. Yeah, soup is good. Is there an alcoholic soup? Hmm. I mean, uh, there's that uh, bitter beer soup, right? But yeah, it's, I don't, it's not but really I think, alcoholic well, when anymore. You cook, when you cook alcohol, the, the ethanol is the first thing to dissolve, right? Yeah, but what if you make the soup and then you pour the alcohol in at the very end? Mm -hmm. Yeah, then it's still there. Mm -hmm. Or you eat the soup and then drink something at the same time. I don't really think that counts as a cocktail anymore. No? If it did to begin with, which I'm still not sure about. Yes, but is it an alcoholic soup? Or is it just alcohol No, I think it's an alcoholic soup? eating soup. I see. Speaking of alcoholics, Roy, we've got a lot of questions from a lot of people who are probably alcoholics. We should really help them. But first, let's have a cocktail. Okay. Roy, this week's cocktail is... Uh, do you think that there is a non-offensive name for this week's cocktail that has been widely accepted? Because I feel like calling it a car bomb is still pretty close to calling it an Irish car bomb. Which sure. I, I don't think is very very sensitive. No, it really isn't. Um... I don't think we're going to take it back right now. I don't think we are going to establish. Uh -huh. This is no Phil Collins, a.k.a. I can feel it rumming in the pear tonight. We don't get to decide what this is called. A heritage ensemble. A heritage ensemble. There you go. All right. So a heritage ensemble is where you take a shot glass that's half uh, Bailey's and half Jameson's and you drop it into a glass of Guinness and then you just drink the whole thing and it's good. We're going to do that right now. All right.
Wow. Man, that's good. A little too much Guinness in that one. I, I apologize. No, it's fine. Got all over my shirt. So now I'm going to smell like a brewery and a <sighs> distillery. Weren't you already? I'm going to smell like a brewery, a distillery, and I guess like a cool dairy. I don't know where they make <laughs> Baileys. A cool dairy. <laughs> huh. This is delicious. Uh, I feel a little weird about having one at four in the afternoon. Do you? This is normally a bad decisions at the end of the night kind of drink. Let's mm, get that's true. You don't start with rounds that. of these. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, but maybe maybe that's the key. Maybe you should start with it. I'm a big proponent of um, start strong, finish mm-hmm. slow. Start strong, continue strong, and finish strong. Oh, is that what you've learned from your sex practice? Yep. Mm. Um, start slow, finish abruptly. Yeah, it's mostly that. Do you have anything to say? About the Heritage Ensemble? I, I think it's... Oh, well, it's it's pretty good. Um, a while ago, I was over at a friend's house and we made some of these while we were watching movies. And I did not realize that it really is not a sipping type of drink. So, it completely curdled because I did not drink it down right away. And that was a, a rude surprise. This is the one, like, bomb-style cocktail that seems to have bridged the gap between frat culture and sort of cool guys. Hmm. Do you think it was a frat thing? I don't necessarily. I think of sake bombers as being a thing that the loud fratty guys at the sushi restaurant Yeah, but we also drank them. Enough of them that we were once cut off at the sushi bar. I didn't. You've I, never had a bomb? I had one once, and then I was like, that's gross, and I would much rather drink the individual elements of it independently, which is then what I always did. Oh, okay, on. sure. Right, and also, because I didn't like I didn't like the other tables full of dudes that I saw doing sake bombers. Hmm. And I feel kind of the same way about the the last week's cocktail, the uh, the Jaeger bomb, right? Like, the Jaegermeister and Red Bull, just, it, to me, it's associated with it. It's got cultural associations that I don't like. Mm-hmm. This just doesn't. You know, but this you also, I'm reminded of like going to the bar that I used to like going to and, you know, like drinking it with my grad student friends mm-hmm. who would decide at the end of the night that a bunch of car bombs were a good idea. Um, Maybe this is the hipster version of the Jaeger bomb. Perhaps. But the thing is, is that um, I know plenty of people who wouldn't fall into what you are saying is like a frat culture who love them and drink them. The Jaeger bombs. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the crossover hit. Maybe they're all crossover hits. I think at this point, you you can choose to see it as being only a frat thing, or you can just see it as being a thing that people drink everywhere. Maybe it's just a young person thing. Maybe. Yeah, we're too old for this shit. It's like the Twitter of of drinks. We're a week away from retirement. I don't think Twitter's for young people. I think Twitter's for old people. Is it now? Uh, It's the uh, Tumblr of drinks. Mm -hmm. It's a Tumblr of drink. What's the Uber of Twitter's? Or the Twitter of Ubers. Facebook. Uber is the Twitter of which one? Uber is the Twitter of Facebook. Mm. Facebook is the MySpace of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram is the Twitter of Jaeger bombs. Does MySpace still exist? Oh, I bet it does. What about Friendster? I don't know. Or Napster. Yeah. Napster does not exist, right? No, Napster, I think, does not exist anymore, even as anything. What yeah, MySpace I? still exists. Hamsters. There's a picture... There's 17 Aussie lovers we met at five recent things that happened to wrestlers outside the ring. That changed before I could even finish reading the headline. What? Uh, this website is garbage. Is that the MySpace website? Uh-huh. I see. If you just type MySpace into Google, this is what it takes you to. Into Se- what? Mm. 17 Aussie... Lo- five recent things that happened to wrestlers outside the ring. Roy. <laughs> Every time you try to read the sentence, it changes? Yes. 17 wow. Aussie lovers we met at the Santa Monica Pier Twilight concert series. Wow. What are what do you think Aussie lovers are? There, it can't be like Aussie Australian files? people who are in love with each other because 17 is a weird number for that. Although I sure. guess there might have been one, you know, one down under threesome. Right. I guess. I think that's what the next uh, big marriage debate is going to be about. Is about polyamory? Yeah. Polygamy, <sighs> not polyamory. Well, sure. But recognizing polyamory as a valid... Um, I think it'll be much more restricted. It'll be like three people. Just three? Just three. Because four is being crazy. Yeah, why don't you just have two twos if Uh you're doing that? Mm -hmm. Plus, you'll have to wear two twos during the ceremony. (laughs) Sure. 
Uh, do you want to get to some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Anxious and Austin writes, I drink three or four beers or vodkas every night after work, though it's been years since I had any more than that or gotten really irresponsibly drunk. I don't drive, just stay at home, read, cook, take walks, and watch movies with my wife. Am I a drunk? An alcoholic? Too cool for school? Wait, how many drinks? Uh, 17 to 19 drinks every night. Three to four. Uh, I don't think three to four drinks a night is a problem. To, to I, I don't think it's a... Alcohol takes a lot of drinking. That's what they don't like to tell you. What? They don't like to tell you how much you have to drink to actually do serious damage to yourself. Well, I think maybe at that point it's like a caloric intake, right? Oh, like yeah. Four, four drinks a night or four beers a night is four, a lot. Yeah, four, depending on what kind of beer it is. Yeah, four, four beers can be a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're drinking like a, like, a, like a pint of a good beer, yeah, that's maybe 300 calories. So four I is guess... like a dude day's worth of, worth of intake. If you're drinking four whiskeys or vodkas. Like this guy says, uh, how much do you drink these days? Um, you know, I, I will do an average of three beers in an evening, but I kind of like to do two if, if I can. Like in addition to the three, after you've done those three, yes. you like that. So five more. altogether. Okay. And then you double that. Seems pretty reasonable. And then we're good. Yeah. You um, drink five beers before you drink five beers and then you drink five more. I try to do two. And, you know, I did that uh, period of time during Lent that I didn't drink anything. And because of that, I sort of went to one beer or no beers every once in a while. So I've kind of cut down a lot more than I used to drink. So you're doing like little micro Lents. Yes. If you do 40 days in between now and next Lent when where you Doesn't don't count. drink, can you save those up? Yeah. I already lent it at the office. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I guess I could. I mean, it's really up to you. Sure. You only lent as much as you want to. Neither a borrower nor a lenter be. That's what Benjamin Franklin said. Mm-hmm. He probably wasn't Catholic, right? I don't think so. I think he was uh, Unitarian. Okay. What do they do for Lent? I, I don't think they do anything. They just ignore it? I don't think he was Unitarian either. I don't think he was of a prescribed Christian faith. You don't think so? I don't think so. He he was a maybe a humanist. He t- he talked about God sometimes. Yeah, well, that's not necessarily you know like. I don't think he was Methodist or anything like that. Maybe he. We'll just, look it up later. Maybe he just thought you of know? God as the better angels of human nature. I'm sure this is well documented. God is I don't one know. of the better angels. Is God an angel? No, Our God is shoes? not supposed to be an angel. Okay. What are God the is supposed to be? God angels are, are supposed to be like um, like a different species. Yeah, like like also people don't God's turn creation. into angels when they die. No, people are just people, people are people. Angels are angels, and uh, apparently a, a bunch of them can stand on the head of a pen. Okay, would they would they like get mad? Would they be territory? Are angels territorial? Like <laughs> they might bird? be. This is my pen. Yeah, I don't know. Can angels are angels wizards? Can they? Can well, they, I'm I'm sure. Um, to our eyes, it would be wizards. It's kind of like technology, right? Like they they oh. can they can wield the the flaming sword, you know. But, but I mean, we did can't. They, did, okay, but did one of I mean, did God just give that guy a flaming sword, or can they just like snap their fingers and suddenly they have a flaming sword? God, religion I, is awesome. I don't know. They didn't teach you this. Well, they didn't cover whether he got the sword from God or he made it himself. And you're telling me that in a room full of children who are being told about an awesome fucking flaming sword, I not a single one of them was enough of a dork to ask, like, how, where did that sword come from? Who made it? You were was told it in a scary way. Like, you don't question how he got the sword. You just know that that's how he cast Adam and Eve out of the garden because they were afraid of the flaming sword. Huh. <laughs> so it could have I mean for all they knew it could have just been a stick that was on fire right? sure because they had never made it's, fire before Adam and Eve were wolves that's another detail that they don't <laughs> reveal hmm. oh man well yeah, Adam, really and Eve didn't, Adam and Eve didn't have fire until Prometheus came and brought it to sure them, right so that's true ah I know I really want to know like very where, complicated like could one of the other angels have been like hey check it out I've got a sword made of ice I mean, that you could just do, right? Like, you could just put, you could get some ice and make a sword out of it. Like <laughs> put anyone, it into a sword mold. Even a wolf could do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you pour some pour some water into a sword mold and put it in the freezer. It'd have to be kind of a short, you could make a gladius. Well, yeah, it really depends on how big your freezer is, really. You could make a sting. Mm-hmm. 
Because that was kind of like a you can make it in sections. Yeah, but then it would break. Like, how would you? How would it's you? It's also them going together? to break anyway. <laughs> well, but I mean, it would break like when you picked it up. But I mean, it's fine if it breaks. No, I think like, you'd in a cool way when you like clash blades with the guy with the flaming sword. Uh huh. It's gonna be like. You know, it's something I bet would be real easy for an angel is to say, check it out. I've got a sword made of air. <laughs> air sword. Yep. And then the guy with the sword made of earth, that's just a regular metal sword. That counts as earth. It came from the earth. Sure. That's so true. Even a, even a sufficiently advanced human can make that. Uh, which they do, right? You know, a sufficiently I'm, advanced I'm human can also just make a, a sword. Can make a sword out of wicker and then set it on fire. That's true. And for a minute, you'd be as impressive as an angel. Because really, a flaming sword needs to have some other material, right? Well, it depends. on. This is why I'm asking. This is why it is critical that we understand whether angels are wizards or not, so that we'll know whether they can just have a flame going forever, like at that cemetery in Arlington, which was <laughs> built by a wizard. Uh-huh. It, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier sits at a well-known nexus of lay energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't just... Um the fact that there are there are wizards, just that they know how to control something that you know we don't understand yet. It's not are wizards actually wizards? Oh sure, like you'll you'll describe like a kid who's really good at Nintendo as a wizard because he can do things with mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. three that look to you like wizardry. Sure, and you know you wielding a flaming sword looks like wizardry to me, but really it's just an angel. What are the angels like? Tell me some other stories about angels from the Bible. Well, Lucifer is supposed to be an angel, right? Who decided to defy God. And he was cast down or away or off. I, I'm unclear as to where Lucifer went. But um, I don't really understand where the rest of the demons come from. But Lucifer is not supposed to be a demon. But if he's a wizard, he could make demons. Well, maybe this is he what could. I'm saying, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. he was just like... So he would be cast away, but he still has his wand? Sure, if that's how he did it. I mean, mm-hmm. did, are angels, did, could angels reproduce? Uh, I think technically yes, because there is the story in Genesis about the half giants. Okay. Uh, I'm, it's been a while. Um, they dwelt to the east of Eden. Yes, and they were the children of angels and giants. Something like that. Wow, so there were giants before there were people. Something, yeah, exactly. Okay, so angels can reproduce, but only with giants. Yeah, so they must be huge. Okay. Right? Or have really big genitals of some sort. (laughs) Right, they're just regular sized, and then their genitals are big enough to reproduce with giants. Are there lady angels? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't say whether, uh, you know, it was like male angels or female angels. Maybe it's both. You know, like in Angels in America. Well, I guess a lady like, angel would be an Angela. <laughs> sure. There's Angel and Angela's. Yeah, like Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. She's still alive, right? Yeah. I saw her in a play uh, a single digit number of months ago. Really? Mm-hmm. What'd you see? Uh, I saw a Noel Coward play called Blithe Spirit. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, you yeah, said that. In which she plays an eccentric psychic. Huh. She was very good. She was very okay. charming. Nice. Everybody clapped every time she came on stage or did something funny. Mm-hmm. It was kind of distracting. I wish the audience would knock it off and just let her do her job. Sure. Was she dressed like a teapot? No, she was not. Mm. She sounded like a teapot. Hmm. That's true. Angel talk. Roger says, I can't find my keys and I can't leave the house without them. Any idea where they could be? Look in every door. Maybe you have just distributed your keys into all of the locks that they go to. How do you feel about the statement of it's always in the last place you look? I mean, there's that hilarious joke interpretation of it, which is, of course, they are, because then you stop looking. Mm -hmm. I keep looking for a while after I find something Mm -hmm. just to prove those buttholes wrong. Sure. I don't know where your keys would be. You know what I do? Just have new ones made. You know how I never lose my keys? They're always in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at keeping track of stuff. I just am good at always putting things in the same place so I don't have to think about it. I have a hook where I generally put my keys. Generally, huh? But not Yeah, always. well, sometimes I have to go into the studio, but then I have a hook in the studio where I put my keys. But what if you lock the keys in the studio? You can't. Mm. You have to lock the studio from the outside with the key? Yeah. Just get inconvenient locks on everything mm-hmm. so that you can never leave the keys anywhere. 
I think maybe lock should be something where um, there's like a hole where you can't see inside of it and you have to stick your hand in there and do some sort of like secret sign. Like cast a spell. Uh-huh. Exactly. Wizardry. Hmm. Then every person with a key is a wizard. L- uh, lock wizard? Lock. Lock. <laughs> a lock lock is a lock warlock. Ah, ha, ha, there you go. Noel writes, Hey, Roy and Zach. I really love programming, but I don't know how to get into a career doing it. I only took one class in high school, which didn't really teach me much. Everything I know about programming is what I've taught myself. Most of the programming I have has been add-ons and plugins for game servers. I don't know where to start. Well, I thought that is where you start. Yeah, you start by doing programming. Just do a lot of it. Learn a thing. Learn uh, Ruby on Rails from a book or from an online tutorial or something, and then try to get a job doing Ruby on Rails stuff. This might be good advice for like 2009. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, you were talking this morning about the prog- programming uh, boot camps or the coding boot camps. Yeah, I like- would not trust myself to determine which of those things were scams and which of them were legit. Are any of them scams? I think probably. A lot of them are very expensive and they will purport to guarantee to find you a high paying job afterwards. But mm-hmm. I feel like those claims cannot possibly be true mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. Well, you know, like uh, places where like gourmet uh you know chef schools those usually do follow through on their promises of like placing you in in a good job in yeah. general yeah, yeah as far as i know i um, haven't gotten a programming job in many many years uh but when i did it was just you know basically i would get every job on the strength of the previous job and the, eventually that goes back to the previous job being washing dishes at a barbecue restaurant so get a job mm-hmm. washing dishes at a barbecue restaurant uh learn and then I don't say, know, make some hey, games I'm pretty good with computers. basic. Okay. <laughs> and become curious about uh, dial up uh, terminal internet and then uh, get a job doing that. Learn so how to. So, like, go back to 1994. Go back to 1994, basically, if mm-hmm. you want my advice. Okay. Be old. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I would have no idea. I would have no idea how to even get a job today. If I were trying to get an entry level job somewhere, because it's not like, I mean, literally the last time I got a job. The way that I got it was by buying a newspaper and looking at the classified ads, mm-hmm. which maybe that's still a thing. I don't know. I think mostly it's like a Craigslist thing, but really, I most don't know. people find their jobs on Craigslist. So so far, any job that I've tried to get, I I don't get past a first phone call. So, um, well, you probably shouldn't ask Roy for advice. Then. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be very good at this. Maybe that means and that Craigslist not is not the right spot. Are you? Well, wait. Are are these listed as like hand jobs? And you're thinking, like, I'm good at working with my hands. Yeah, I, can do this. I am. Yeah, and then when they, they talk to you on the phone and it becomes clear that you're not getting it, they're like, well, F this guy. <laughs> F for forget. But, but it's not effing, right? It's handing. It H this guy. Mm-hmm. If he would only meet me at this rest stop. Alistair says... Hey, great to see the show back again. When I spend money on anything other than the necessities, I feel guilty, like I'm wasting it somehow. I know logically that money is to be used and doesn't do much sitting around, but I still feel bad buying chocolate or video games or whatever. Any advice? I don't know. I've never felt guilty about buying anything except drugs for children. Uh huh. I have, um, but I don't anymore. So try not doing it and see if you feel better about it. Oh, so just don't buy anything other than the necessities and see if that makes you happy. I bet it mm-hmm. doesn't. Well, you don't know unless you unless you do it. I mean, it could be like, um, you know, you were talking about all of your clothes that you don't wear and don't miss. You know, maybe it's like that. You know, if you don't buy that chocolate, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, like tomorrow that chocolate will be gone anyway. Mm-hmm. It'll mm-hmm. just be a memory. So what you could do is you could just sit there and pretend to eat some chocolate. And then tomorrow, the memory of that will be very similar to the memory of eating it chocolate. It is very true. It and is like having the experience. You won't have spent a dollar. Mm-hmm. Like you could just imagine. Try and remember the last time. Instead of getting chocolate, just think about the last time you ate chocolate and see if you can trick yourself into believing that you ate chocolate. Also, chocolate isn't that great. It's also not that expensive. I guess you could get fancy chocolate. Yeah. You could like, get some of that solid gold chocolate. Uh-huh. You know those chocolate bars that are like a sort of a trapezoidal brick made out of gold? Mm-hmm. They keep a lot of them in a bank vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind and of they're all gold. pretty expensive, yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't know how to not feel guilty about wasting money. I feel guilty about everything. So, you know, it's like par for the course. Okay. So just think of it as everything. Mm-hmm. Then don't worry about it. You feel guilty about spending money on the necessities, too. 
Because you think, did I really need this? I'll bet I could live in a box. Yeah, I do think that. I could live in a box and I could give this money to the church or to charity. Mm -hmm. This girl charity down at the church. Mm -hmm. She hangs out behind the church. (laughs) It's not in the church. Mostly advertises on Craigslist. Bridget says, how do I get over him? I don't know whether to answer this question, jokey or serious. I don't know. How do you get over someone? Eventually, you immediately date someone else. Those are two options, yeah. You wait for it to eventually happen on its own. You immediately start dating someone else. You, uh... Uh, you know, you do the best revenge. Which is what? Uh, being awesome. Oh, living... You live well? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, things end for reasons, and you move on. All you know, relationships don't work out until they do. Or, and, I mean, or then in, and when they do, just one of you gets, gets to die. Mm-hmm. And that's how eventually that's, that's the reward. And hopefully it's you. Oh, yeah. Right? That's my hope. Hopefully it's both of you at the same time. Mm. Yeah, that usually doesn't happen. In a boat accident. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's see. And your children <laughs> all at the same time. Oh. And your parents, if they're still alive. Mm-hmm. You know, just so that nobody's left to be sad. Mm-hmm. Except the American viewing public. Sure, that watched it all happen live. Oh, right, because you were in a televised boat race. Uh-huh. The producers are really excited. Ratings have never been higher. It's called Suicide Race. <laughs> it's just a demolition derby with boats. In this shark-infested water. terrible idea. Who greenlit this? No one made it to season two. <clears throat> Blank writes, how do I begin painting slash drawing? Uh, you begin painting slash drawing. Yeah. You draw with a ink pen. You go to find a pencil on the ground and start drawing in the margins of grocery store circulars. You mm-hmm. don't even have to spend any money. That is how Sergio Aragones got his start. And that's why he only knows how to draw in the margins of magazines. Sure. Um, it's like anything else. You need to practice a whole bunch. And the only way you can practice is by painting slash drawing. You could uh, go to the grocery store and steal some nail polish and mm-hmm. some cans of Campbell's soup. Mm. And then you can just start painting in the white areas on the cans of Campbell's soup. That's how, uh, with the nail that's polish. That's how Basquiat got his start. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was it Jean Michel Basquiat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's see. You could just start, you could go to Home Depot and just start knocking cans of house paint off of the shelves onto the ground like Jackson Pollock did. Yeah. That is what he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, What other artists do we know that we could make a joke about doing something that didn't cost any money and didn't sound very hard? Uh, Well, I mean, Andy Warhol did just literally take the cans of soup and make those into art but they weren't painting slash drawings though okay he didn't paint those no they're screen oh they're screen prints okay right did people say that that wasn't even art even if it had been an original image they did then yeah but now it's just accepted right yeah uh printmaking has changed a whole lot in the recent past where it was very very restrictive as to what you know you could do and it was very much thought of more as a craft, right? It wasn't thought of as like an original art. How long has the sort of emulsion style silkscreen printing tech been available? I don't know. I think emulsion is would be relatively new, but did new it have might to be, be forty years before, or did you have to like cut out bits to cover? parts of the silk did yes you get, which you still still do or did I you mean, paint the silk with glue or something to to block off parts of it like i don't before like the original way was using silk and then wax <coughs> right so that would be the resist um i think maybe the big jump must have been when artificial mesh was used because silk when it gets wet it stretches so it's not that accurate eventually and you can do much larger runs with artificial mesh and then maybe light emulsion. So, I don't know. I mean, that's connected to the photographic process. I would guess within the last 50 years was um, emulsion. The real advice is draw or paint something every day and then show it to people. Yeah. That's it. Just, you know. Take a picture of it with your Instagram phone and to post it. it to your Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, hey, here's my picture. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have a record of getting better at drawing. 
Mm-hmm. It'll be cool. People will say, gosh, you're better at drawing than you used to be. Mm-hmm. That's not saying much. You're terrible now, but you were really terrible then. And then you'll learn the second important lesson. Fuck just, those people. <laughs> just make sure that on your Instagram um, page, you write down self-taught and then your age and where you are. Right. And lie about all of those things. Uh-huh. Say that you are three and live in a cave. Uh-huh. Self-taught cave, Denmark. <laughs> you live in the city of cave, Denmark. Uh-huh. It's a den. The cave. So really, this is, I'm in the den. I'm in my cave, which I call my den, and I'm making marks on the wall. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. My cave Your den, den marks. marks. Yeah. These are my cave den marks. Uh, if you want to buy one, that will be den marks. <laughs> uh, also. Den of them. Yep. <clears throat> blank also writes, I don't know if this is the same blank or not, but he says, my dad passed away two years ago, but it's still hard sometimes to deal with it. How do you deal with the death of a parent? Uh, that's a hard one. I, you know, my dad also died two years ago, almost. Um, and I think about it every day. Yep. I miss him a whole bunch. My dad died 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I think about him every day or not. Mm-hmm. But it still comes up a lot and it is still hard and it still makes me sad a lot of the time. And I still get real depressed around Father's Day and I still get real depressed around the time of the year when he died. And Towards the end of my dad's life, his dad had been dead for 26 years, and he was kind of the same way, you know? Like, I don't... It's the most common thing, the most common tragic thing that happens to every person. Yeah, it happens to almost everybody. I mean, except the people who, I guess, are lucky enough to die before their parents do, or to not have ever known their parents in the first place, or... Maybe, but that's a different type of loss. Or the countless quadrillions of people who have the fortune to have never been born at all. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's fucking sucks. Like it sucks that everybody has to die, and it sucks when people that you know die, and it sucks when people that you love die, and like there isn't any way to deal with it. It just sucks. I mean, something that I think about a whole lot is like the best thing um, that I can do about his dying is to you know try and live a good life, and you know sort of like take the lessons that he taught you. Yeah, the demonstrate like do the best that I can, and I. I try to teach and, your children the stuff that he taught you. Mm-hmm. I am sad about all the things that I vaguely knew and did not ask more about. I did. I had a long time, right? Mm-hmm. My dad took a long time to die and it was rough. And there were a lot of things that I did mm-hmm. ask about because mm-hmm. I felt that pressure and I had a lot of time to act on it. And I don't remember a lot of the answers to really? a lot of the questions that I did. You know, I didn't want to just sit there with a notebook and ask him a bunch of stuff. Like, I'm writing this down, so I'll remember it when you die, which is going to happen to you real soon because you have cancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that would have been lame. Yeah, but say you had recorded all of those conversations. That would have been equally fucked up, though. Like, uh-huh. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have wanted that. Like, he, wouldn't, he just would have refused, uh-huh. you know? Like, I tried to get him to, <clears throat> I tried to get him to, like, write, you know, just, like, do a short... Just write a, write a memoir, write an autobiography, you know, so that there's the stuff that you think of as important enough to do this. And he just said, he said, I can't, I think it would make me too sad. And like, I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend the time that I have left, like being depressed. Huh. And you know, that was totally fair. Although, you know, it wouldn't fucking matter to him now because he's dead. I kind of wish I had put more pressure on him to do it because then I would know some stuff, but I, you know, Hmm. I would not have done it. Two years before my dad died, um, he was in an accident, an accident. He hurt his back uh, trying to help my mother get up after she hit her her foot. And uh, there was this period of time that he was staying with us at our house when she was going through like rehab at um, like this rehab center in Phoenix. And he started to write down a bunch of stuff about his childhood and the memories and things that he could think of. And he spent a bunch of time writing all of that stuff. And I recently found that book again. But what I'd always wanted to do was ask him, you know, like read through what he had written and then ask him more so that he could elaborate on that. And I felt that I had some more time. And, you know, like it always comes down to that. You're never going to have enough time and you're never going to be able to ask you know, your parent, father or mother enough about their lives because they live a whole life and you're not there. Especially with dads too, that 
often happens at a time when you are the busiest trying to sort of build your own sure. life. You're you know kind of I mean? in the middle. It, and it clearly depends on like how old your dad was when you were born and how mm-hmm. old he is when he dies and, and you know, when you sort of get your shit together. But, it, you know, it's a common thread among the people that I know, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was like my dad died pretty when I was pretty young, I think. Sure. Comparatively. How old, how old were you? I was 26. Uh-huh. I was 26 and he was 52. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were. That's very what, young. You were 37 and your dad was 80 something. I 82. Feel like. That's a little, that's on the opposite side of, of being an outlier, but. You yeah. Know. You know, it's. <laughs> I felt really lucky to have had him that long. And I also felt really lucky that, you know, in my situation that he got to meet my wife and, you know, my family and he saw our first child and, you know, like the, those were really great things. So I think about that stuff, you know, all the things that we did have rather than all of the regret. I mean, I still think about the regrets, but I try to concentrate on the things that were there. And that gets easier over time. You know, you have a bias towards remembering good things. I thought we had a bias towards remembering bad things. Well, the longer ago things get, I see. the more you, the more you're biased towards the good mm-hmm. things. But, eh, you know, I wish that there was an answer to how do you deal with that, but I don't think there is one. Well, you I know, mean, it's I as best it's, as you can. It's just hard, mm-hmm. you know, you do what you have to do. And it's okay knowing that it's hard. Yeah. Good luck. Man, remember when that episode three episodes ago was a real bummer? Mm-hmm. We got to get some more questions, man. Real real life is sometimes a bummer. Yeah, real life is sometimes. A real life, I would say, is often a bummer. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But, you know, if you let enough time pass, it's going to be awesome. Because you also get to live. Sure. And if you let more time pass, it'll be awesome because then you're in heaven and you become a wizard. Mm-hmm. Roy, you get your sword. Somebody, you get issued your sword. They, man, that would suck, though. If they, like there's a sorting hat when you get there, a sorting hat. Uh-huh. You get there and it's like, you get an earth here's, sword, here's you what get kind a- of sword you get. And you get up there and you get like a disappointing sword. Yeah, and you get an air sword, sword. For fucking ever. Like, ah. You get like a foam sword. You get a, a, oh, a sword okay. made out of the ocean. So, like, this smells like dead fish. And it's not sharp because it's made of sea foam. I see. This fuck this sword. I thought it was. And then it's like, like you can't even revolt because you this you've got this you shitty got the sword. You sword. can't even kill like one dude with it. Also, everyone has already died. <laughs> All right. Well, no, that's that is how people get reborn, right? Is when oh they get killed again. Yeah, you get killed in heaven, and then you come back as a different baby. I see. Yeah. I thought it was your issued your air sword by Marcel Marcel. Like thanks. <laughs> That's not really a sword. Hey, you you gotta keep it going. Hold the sword right. <laughs> that's really that's really what happened to Lucifer. <laughs> He's not, they caught him not pretending that his fake mime sword was a real sword. <laughs> he gets like, mad. Lucifer, what if somebody sees you? You're out of here, buddy. Fuck this man. It's your third strike. So now just like oh, you right. can find, find your way <laughs> to hell by pulling yourself along this up. invisible rope oh fuck you I'm out of here <laughs> Roy if somebody wanted to get our advice how would you recommend they do it I would recommend that they go to the website which is advicehotdog.com and there you can submit a question directly to us if you prefer you can also send us an email message to advicehotdog at gmail.com you can also give us a call at 769-218-9225 or uh, send us a postcard to uh, 1803 North 38th Street, Phoenix, Arizona 85008. Roy, do we have any ads plugs? We do. Uh, this episode of Advice Hot Dog is brought to you by Kickstarter. Kickstarter.com for your project. If you enjoy the show, please tell your friends and send us your uh, questions this show does not happen without you, the listener, mm-hmm. and your generous contributions of questions. We don't even want your money. Mm-hmm. We're not a church. We've we never asked for money. Questions. We haven't ever asked for money. Maybe we should ask for money. I feel like we should provide something other than like a... Other than this terrible podcast. <laughs> exactly. If we're going to be asking for money. Maybe some buttons or temporary tattoos that say, I don't like, I like you. What? How does it go? 
I, I like blank. Your I story. I don't like you. I only like like mountains. No, it was uh, I like you. I don't do that thing that you want me to do. Let's go ride bikes instead. Yeah. You know, when that guy asked about his friend putting pressure on him to smoke weed, why didn't we say that? Because we have forgotten about that. We've forgotten our own best advice. We've forgotten all of our tropes. We've mm-hmm. forgotten all of our dank memes. Well, that that's some old business. You know, like, I like you. I don't want to try weed, not even once. Let's uh, go ride bikes instead. Okay. But then the guy would be like, I got a great idea. You know what would make riding bikes way more fun? <laughs> if we were stoned. baked as fuck. That's actually what that sentence was for. It was for people trying to pressure you to do drugs. I know. Yeah. You're right. We have failed. I mean, really, they're just trying to make you cool. Mm-hmm. Right? You ought to just let them. Just let it happen. Mm-hmm. Just sit back and let it happen. Just sit back and let them make you cool. Just sit there and they, like, they will enjoy this. Say, okay, I'll smoke weed, but you have to just blow bong rips in my face. I'm not going to actively do anything. I'm not going to learn to use that stupid machine with the Grateful Dead sticker on it. Uh-huh. In the plastic bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever used one of those? Uh, like a vaporizer? Isn't it a volcano? Yeah. Yeah. I have not. Does it vapor- vaporize it? Is yeah. That how it, it does it? It, like, superheats it and get, you get this, like... Fills up a garbage bag? Yeah. Weed steam. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of it because I it, it, it interferes with my ability to control the dosage, you know? Doesn't it seem like you could control it much more so that way? Well, except you can't tell whether it's just air or what. It's weird. I don't know. I bet with practice. Yeah. Maybe I could just practice at that until I get way better at it. Yeah. Roy, are you ready for a stinger? I am now. Do you have one? Blaine writes, space or time? Uh, What way? That we hate them or love them? I'm assuming which one do we like? I don't like time because it kills everyone eventually. That's true. Time travel is probably cooler than space travel. Uh, Time travel seems much more dangerous than space travel. Really? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have died in space travel already, and no one that we know of has died in time travel. That we know of. Well, yeah. Time travel just seems like... already died in the past. So assuming that time travel works the way that it does in movies, where you can just like, oh, if if I'm in my house and I get into the time machine, now I'm in my house a week ago or a month ago or a year ago or whatever. Like, if you're not actually taking into account where was the Earth at this time, and then you just die in space, Mm -hmm. right? Which is the problem with with real time travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but also the the Earth is rotating, right? So even your house is... Yeah, no, it's nowhere near where it was. And the Earth is hurtling around the sun. The Earth is moving away from the center of the universe at whatever rate the... Space. I'm going to go with space. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not because I don't think there's anything there to find. I mean, I guess... Even like the rest of your well, house. Well, it's the concept space. of space, right? It's not necessarily like the the void which is outside the Earth. Maybe it's maybe uh, it's space to uh, store store your stuff in. Oh, okay, like a space bag, mm-hmm. like one of those things that you hook a vacuum cleaner up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, space. I'm going with time. Okay, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. All right. You know, well, to, you know, really together, we just cover both bases. Maybe someday enough time. If, will if pass. we hold hands, space and time. Uh-huh. I've been Zach. I've been Roy. And this has been Advice Hot Dog.